This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. So he says to me, he says, Indian? I thought you meant North American Indian, uh-huh. not Pakistani Indian. And I say to him, what do you mean Pakistani Indian? Those are two different places. And he says, you know what I mean. And I knew what he meant. I haven't talked to that guy since. Well, that's some story. The uh... I knew what he meant. Uh-huh. Indian wants the Bronx. The Bronx. Bronx? <laughs> what? What's Bronx? Yeah, Bronx, New York. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> You have... Indian wants the Bronx. You know, it's a great uh, classic play. Oh, it is? Uh, it's called the Bronx when they wrote it. They wrote it. Who's they? Uh, you know, the Jews. Oh. It, was this a play that your dad was somehow involved with? No, it was not. But the... it might have been written by... Uh... <laughs> is that David Mamet? I don't know. Are you David Mamet? I am not. Are you my mommy? Okay. You know that book? Did you read that book as a kid? No, I guess Are I have. Are you haven't. my mother? What? No. Yeah, what? it was about this bird going all over the place because he lost his mom. Mm. Her mom. I don't know what what it was. It was a it's unisex mom. bird. I see. Yeah. Going sure. around asking everyone if there's there's his mommy. Your mom. And everyone would be like, no, I'm not. And maybe eventually the bird finds his mom. Did it ask like a, a whole bunch of like animals that were clearly not its mommy? Well, they were unisex. It no, was I mean... Are you my mommy has two mommies. No, you're not listening. What? Nor you, do, you, do you care to answer me? I said, is it a book where the bird goes and asks all these different animals if it's the mom? Well, that's correct. You okay. are correct, sir. Ma'am. My uh, favorite childhood book was uh, had Grover in it, and it was The Monster at the End of This Book. The monster at the end of this book uh, was with Grover, and what happened was throughout the story, he was really afraid because he had heard that there was going to be a monster at the end of the book. It was one of those golden books, you know, those little ones you could buy in the Pathmark or wherever, so like a buck ninety nine back in the day. Is that a Sesame Street endorsed product? Yeah, it was, and then of course, spoiler alert, the monster at the end of the book was indeed Grover, so. Grover. We have to stop this problem with Grover did in this you, country. Did you have a special... Uh, My favorite book? No, Sesame Street character. My favorite Sesame Street character. I love all of them equally. Do you? I was like a rainbow coalition of characters. Oh. I think Ernie was my favorite. Ernie? I was into Ernie big time. Let me tell you something. Me and Ernie were like this. Ernie's got a song uh, that he's involved in. 
Now you might think that I like Bert, but Bert was a fag. I think they were both fags. It was like Ron and Fez. Bert was the fag. I see. Ernie was the straight man. I see. If you look him up now, Ernie's got a podcast. He does? Oh, he should. I see. I think it'll start with the Ernie character. I see. I just don't know how to do that character. Thank the Lord. Uh, But I'm sure they would be very happy with me doing that. Dave Ernie character. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe I'll just do the Bernie character. Oh, God. Is that what you're doing? That's what I'm doing now. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Everybody, let's not get carried away. I don't know how Bernie sounds like a New York Jew if he's been in Vermont for a thousand years. Well, if you know that he puts man after a sentence. Hand me that bagel schmear, man. He does? Yeah, man. I see. All right. I think the name cream cheese schmear Mm -hmm. gives cream cheese a bad name. Why is that? I don't don't know. Who wants to order a schmear? I got to be... Quite frankly... And if you hear them in the background, give me a schmear. I say, I think I ordered the wrong dish. Okay. Which reminds uh, me of knish. Another dish you want uh, want to order. All uh, right. Okay. So uh, my favorite character I don't care was not anymore. Ernie. I mean, oh, okay. I think it was the Cookie Monster. I see. Because that guy was just a lot of fun to be around. He had a lot of cookies. And he was a bit of an addict, but I do love the Cookie Monster. I love the blue, the blue monsters. I guess Grover and the Cookie Monster. Hey, you weren't a fan of uh, Oscar the Grouch. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number seventy-seven-zero of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast, featuring your pals Spiro Agnew and Pony Boy. I'm not asking about either of those. Let's just uh, get on with today's episode, shall we? I'm Pony Boy. No. Fuck you. I'm Spiro Agnew. Yeah. Who cannot make it today. Uh-huh. And filling in for him will be G. Gordon Liddy. If you're not educated, you might say Gordon G. Liddy. G. Gordon Liddy, also not alive. Well, that's what happens when you burn your hand with a flame too often. All right. That is Robert Conrad. Anyway, I... me knocking that off my shoulder. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Are we ready for this week's show? Today's episode is all about uh, our top 10 favorite TV theme songs. Yo, I'm all about TV theme songs. Okay. Do not reveal your theme song list. All right. From 1 to 10. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) What? Dave, stop. I'm ready. So, uh, these are our favorite favorites not uh we're not saying they're the best but these are the ones that resonate with us the most so that being said david yeah your number 10 gosh my old tv hi hi out there tv land your number 10 yeah i am who's number nine i gotta talk to that guy my number 10 oh come on wait well, back then- it up Back it, back it on up. I didn't lose my place, did I? Number 10. Where's your paper? Okay. You I got my to... paper right here. All right. I will there's post your paper. There's more than 10 on them. There's more than 10? I got to narrow this down. Dave, I said to 10. Uh, Ugh. I said don't come to the thing and just start spouting off shit if it's not right. in the right order. I'm going to give you number 10 right now. It better be a real number 10. It's a real number 10. Okay. It sounds like... Your number 10 might be 
Mr. Ed. It's not. But that would be great. Then why are you talking like Mr. Ed? Gosh, I should have worked that in. Oh, my God. God damn it. I got to talk more like Ignatowski. Because my number 10 is Taxi. Great one. I love Taxi. I love the theme song. Now, am I mistaken or is that Bob James? So, apparently, the, the theme song from Taxi does not have its own Wikipedia page, uh, but the name of the composer was Bob James. The opening theme song was actually called Angela. Now, let me tell you something. Hmm. Bob James. Yes. Now, I believe he has a song called... Angela? Westchester Lady or something. That might have been his biggest hit. And uh, I believe he plays... Uh, the drummer on that might be Annie Newmark. But other than that... She's lovely. Exactly. Bob James was a pioneer of what you might call smooth jazz. Alright. So Taxi, the theme song from Taxi is a good example of smooth jazz before it became too smooth. And I got a couple more on my list that fall into that category. Alright, that's fine. Uh, Bob James still alive. 80 years old and lives in Marshall. No. I don't know where he lives. I don't want to say that. He was born, I think, in Marshall, Missouri. Missouri. All right, what's your number 10? My number 10 is Friends. I'll be there for you. That's a catchy riff. Now, this song does have its own uh, Wikipedia page, so that's weird that uh, Taxi doesn't, because I I consider that to be... A taxi the Taxi theme song is like an older cat. I know, he's but not, I... He's not really into social media. He's retired. The taxi theme song has retired in Miami Beach. Excellent. Uh, I'll be there for you. Look, Friends was uh, one of my favorite shows... Uh, even though I knew it was absurd, there were no apartments that large in Manhattan that uh, three struggling girls could uh, afford. 
And no one would be allowed on the airplane if there was no phalange on it. And I just want to make that clear. Well, not only that, but also there's no place in Manhattan where the apartment on one side of the hall is huge and magnificent, and the apartment on the other side of the hall is a hovel. It just doesn't happen that way. I've lived in Manhattan for many well, years. There's some different size apartments. Not, not that different. Not that different right across from the hall. It's just, they're all, it's, it's, no, that one was, one was a hovel and one was a amazing with the, with the outdoor area where they could see, uh, what was it? The naked guy. Hungry. Oh yes. The naked guy. So where they just, they poked him that one time. Yes. And he died and, uh, and then, <laughs> And then uh, Schwimmer's character, Ross, got the apartment eventually. Angry naked guy? I forget. I don't remember, but I know that the uh, apartments being scarce in Manhattan is always a common theme on sitcoms based in Manhattan. That's true. That was true for, I guess, uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld and also Mad About You. Well, there you go. I mean, nice apartments are scarce in Manhattan. Um, studio, scarce apartments are nice in Manhattan. Studio apartments are are not that scarce, but they're ridiculously overpriced. One time, I went to my friend's house, and it was the size of a closet. Was that mine? No. Oh. Yours was the size of a kitchen. Mm-hmm. His was the size of a large walk-in closet. Really? Yes. I had to walk out of the closet very quickly. Did uh, did he have a bed or something or what? He had a couch. Wow. Which was a futon. And he, and he didn't did he have a bathroom? Was he renting a room or did there he have There was a bathroom. Yes, there was a bathroom. Manhattan apartments, man. I had a friend who had, you know, he had his kitchen and his bathroom were basically one room. There was a shower in the kitchen. That's called a cold water flat. Well, that's what it was. And then it had a water closet that only had a potty in it. Well, that's where it's at. Yeah. I mean, there's Before a lot they of... they converted them, there was communal bathrooms on the floor, but not in the actual apartment. That's why that's like that. Yeah. This was on the... Cold water, meaning they didn't have any running hot water. I think he lived on 7th between A and B, maybe. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, if you walked around there back in the day, you might get shot... Yeah, I, when I lived on St. Mark's between 1st and A, shoot, when was it? 90, 92? It was not as bad then. No, uh-uh. 92 to like, until we moved in together on the Upper West Side. So what was that, like 97, 96, 97? Yeah, 82, you have a problem. No, I was 92, no you're all right. Yeah, uh-uh. I didn't, uh-uh. I went into a weed shop on 10th Street and Avenue C in 1982. You did? Yeah. And and I came out, but after I came out, before I came out with what I went in for, the guy said, never come in here scared, man. You look scared. Nothing to be scared about, man. <laughs> and, Give uh, me your wallet. And then I was, uh, what, maybe 15, I think. I think I was 15. In 82? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was 15, and uh, my friend lived in the project across the street on uh, 10th and C. 
And that fucking neighborhood was way fucked up back then. It probably still is, I would guess. No, uh-uh. Not like that. Not like that. Mm-mm. Crazy. Oh, is that those uh, those buildings? Yeah, tall buildings. My friend lived in there. He was one of these guys who would talk, and I wouldn't understand three quarters of what he would talk about <laughs> half the time. And it wasn't because he was nuts. He was an absolute genius, and I couldn't follow what the fuck he was talking about. Was he a music guy? Or? No, he was not. It was, <clears throat> like, it was like science, technical, mathematical shit. Wow. And I could not follow the motherfucker. Yep, I wonder what he does now. But his family lived there. Good for him. Yeah, I spent the night at his house a couple of times. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, being 15 years old, white kid from New Jersey in that neighborhood, man, that shit was totally <clears throat> ridiculous. It's not like it is now. They were burnt out cars, crazy people everywhere. I mean... All not, the graffiti and not, stuff. Yeah, and rubble. It looked like London in after 1940s World War II bombing. Oh, really? Wow. With and, and Puerto Rican people to that. Well, that was my number 10, Friends. I see how fast this is going to go. Friends is, uh, <clears throat> you know, Friends was a good example of uh, Giuliani 1990s New York City. Definitely more Disneyed up, more friendly. Well, it led to that. That really was the introduction of it. Cafe, what was it? Uh, Central Perk, the uh, coffee Central spot. Perk. Yeah, it was, look, even as, it was just, it was a real fairy tale version of New York City that. Uh, That's good. It was fun, though. I liked it. It was funny. You're right. And, uh, you know, I was the right age for that, I guess. All right. What's the number nine? Oh, I'm up now. <laughs> You're number nine. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let me do some sort of bad Beatles joke. Uh-oh. Uh... Uh, my number nine. I I don't understand if you have a list in front of you why you don't know what your number nine is, why there isn't a number nine next to an entry. All right, here's my number nine. Uh-huh. It's in the same vein. I'm getting this vein out of the way. Okay. Hill Street Blues. instrumental by Mike Post. It is the theme from the TV series Hill Street Blues starring Daniel J. Travante. The song features Larry Carlton on guitar. Now, Mike Post, mm-hmm. he's written some other stuff, but we'll get to that eventually. Mm. Yep, so those are two smooth jazz, early 1980s theme songs. That was Smooth piano jazz. Yeah, that was kind of the thing right at that moment. And uh, this this song is the precursor to, I doubt you have this on your list, but it's a very popular one. I think this song, you could say, is the precursor to, uh, uh, what's that show? Uh, 
Oh, Jesus. Well, it's the precursor to Law and Order. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think no. it's written by the same guy. And uh, Law and Order, in my opinion, is nowhere near as good a song as this, but it is what it is. It's very smooth and kind of like <clears throat> cheesy music. But as you can see, both these shows were very popular. And I believe part of the popularity is due to a catchy theme song. I, I don't doubt that. Um, it says here, Mike Post, uh, American multi-Grammy and Emmy winner composers, best known for his TV theme songs for such series as Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, The A-Team, NYPD Blue, Renegade, The Rockford Files, L.A. Law, Quantum Leap, Magnum P.I., and, of course, Hill Street Blues. Now, that's a mega powerhouse. Uh, that's a powerful force <laughs> in the songwriting of TV theme songs. That is a millionaire right there. Mike Post, getting it done. Well-respected re- well and well-deserved millionaire. Now, I will tell you that Mike Post has also uh, crossed over into the rock music world, I believe. He's done some collaborations with someone, something. He was involved with something. Oh, let me let me see if I can refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Did Mike Post do? Uh, was he the producer or arranger for uh, Classical Gas? I only ask this because what you have here, these people writing these songs, and <laughs> songs are not just you know people writing songs. These are talented, you know. Schooled musicians. He won his first Grammy Award at age 23 for Best Instrumental Arrangement on Mason Williams' Classical Gas. Well, there you go. See, so this guy, he's not joking around. None of these composers are joking around. Bob James, that guy ain't messing around. He's a top-notch, world-class jazz pianist. Yeah. Uh, he's the real deal. Yeah, Mike Post, that's cool. All right, what's your number nine? My number nine. Rockford Files. My number nine is The Rockford Files. Uh, great that sounds a lot theme. like 18. Well, I mean, it's the same guy, right? So uh, I love The Rockford Files. I That show, so great. Um, James Garner as Jim Rockford, um, just a man, just a man's man. Loved them. Loved the show. Love you. Love the show. Um, I just, one of my favorite shows of all time, really. 
Great theme song. I like the Rocker Files. You know what I like about the Rocker Files? I like Angel. Angel, of course. Stuart that guy's Mar- a renegade. Stuart Margolis, I believe his name is. Bizarre. That, that, was, <laughs> uh, that was back when, you know, they had not-so-savory characters on TV. Yeah. He was great, though. He was, he was, a uh... Like Kojak's brother. He was the Eddie Haskell of that show. There's always a, an Eddie Haskell of the show. He's a likable friend, but he's also pretty much a dick, and you really can't trust him 100%. And uh, that was Angel on Rockford Files. Would you say that uh, that was uh, Gilligan? No. No. How about Dobie Gillis? I mean, his character in Dobie Gillis. No. The Eddie Haskell God damn of... It, I want to frame this cat somehow. <clears throat> the Eddie Haskell of Gilligan's Island is one of the howls. Uh, okay, fair enough. That would have to be Mr. Howell. Mr. Howell was more devious than Mrs. Howell, but Mrs. Howell, I think, was also up to the shenanigans. A.K.A. Lovey. Mm-hmm. Thurston and Lovey. All right, my number nine. Mike Post and 1974's the Rockford Files. That's good stuff. Yes, it is. And I got something for you. <clears throat> yes, you're number eight. Get smart. American comedy television series which parodies the secret agent genre that was popular in the United States in the late 60s. Uh, Their theme music was composed by Irving Zothmary. I think he might be a Jew. We just call him Irving Z. It will start with an S. And we don't call him Irving Z. Is it Irving Z? I don't know what this man's name is. That You're not going far in show business with that name. S-Z-A-T-H-M-A-R-Y. That sounds like an allergy. Uh, he was born Isidore Zothmary. Oh, Jesus. It's, it's a girl. It's interesting. Uh, Isidore. Yeah, I'm going to name my kid Isidore. And you can name him Is a Window. As my son is a window. I think that's the only thing he's ever composed. Is that true? That can't be true. Maybe that's the that most famous thing. That man is a thing. Mancini clone. Well, there you go. So anyway, well, that song is, uh, you know, I thought that was a very hip, uh, hip theme song. That was very, 
in the Batman sort of uh, genre? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's Batman, but definitely the like the spy, mm-hmm. the, the Mission Impossible ish, but funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little bit more whimsical, but not completely full out spy. I guess it's very fun. The show was very fun. Buck Henry. I know you love Buck Henry. Buck Henry. Was that your number eight? That's my number eight. This is going great. It's, it's really, it's really terrible, actually. It's terrible, and you know why it's terrible? No. Because you don't have a one to ten list. You're just oh, throwing you shit too? out it's there. Right here. Look. It's working. You have more than ten on that list, David. But I will get through it. My number eight. theme song from the Muppet Show TV series was written by Jim Henson and Sam Pottle in 1976. That's insanity. That shows nuts. You don't like it? It's a vaudeville-esque. It's great, isn't it? Isn't it fun? It's good. Oh, you're shitting on my fucking choices. I am saying it's good. I loved The Muppet Show when it was around the original Muppet Show. That's what I'm talking about. I was the target audience for that show. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was amazing. It was great. It was fun. Did you have a favorite Muppet as opposed to... A... I like the old guys in the sta- in the uh, audience. Oh, yeah, No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Those guys were good, though. Uh, my favorite Muppet was obviously the drummer... Um, Animal? Animal. He was my favorite Muppet. Was he? Yeah. And he was inspired by Keith Moon. I liked, uh, what's his name? The sax player. You like the news guy? No. The eagle or whatever the fuck he was? No. How about the uh, weird guy with the fucked up nose? No. Fozzie Bear? Yes! You liked Fozzie? I liked Fozzie. You didn't like Kermit? You aren't a Kermit man? Kermit was like the Woody Allen of the group. No, don't gross me out. I liked Fozzie Bear because he was a comedian and he was his jokes were uh, terrible, but I loved them. Fozzie I, was the king of the Muppet dad jokes. And I loved Ralph, the uh, piano player. Fozzie Bear reminded me of Ralph from Happy Days. Okay. 
I don't know why. I guess so. Yeah, what else was good about that show? Everything was pretty good. You know what I hated the most about that show? What? Miss fucking Piggy. Yeah. That stupid cunt. All right. Hey, oh, hey, sorry. hey. What? Jesus Christ, Dave. I'm just saying, you know, she you know, drove a little fucking Kermit nuts. Man couldn't have a fucking uh, break. Yeah. You, you should have seen the cocaine habit that Kermit developed because of her. She uh, she was a strong a woman. A money-grubbing whore is what we like to call her. She was a feminist. See the nostrils on her? Well, she was a pig, so that's why. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. She had a snout. She was all snouted up. Uh-huh. And, so, and the very fact that she would refer to someone as Kermy, okay? Kermy. Uh, that, you know... Yeah, don't belittle the man with your fucking cute little Kermie shit. You think he, the man had trouble being green, okay? Yeah, I mean... This position here, he was, he, was like, he was a muppet of color. She was a bit of an emasculator. She was a what we call a wasp, and he was like an ethnic. What? What? Kermit was an ethnic group. An ethnic group? It's not easy being green was, a, was, was you know, a synonym for being a Jew. It was not. It was, what do you Shut think? Shut the fuck Green, up. money, Joe, you know, Kermit. Oh, my God, David. Kermit. Wait, wait, wait. Kermit. It's Kermit. I don't even, I can't I'm with Kermit you. the Frog. Why do you ruin everything? It's a, it's. And uh, she was his shiksa goddess, as we like to say. Who's we? Us Kermit-like people. Uh-huh. Us people of the Kermit heritage. Anyway, uh, many episodes. I'd like you to invest in the Kermit Heritage Foundation. Many Please, send your money to me. Many episodes featured actors such as Steve Martin, Don Knotts, Harvey Corman, Dom DeLuise. Uh, I Ethel like all Morgan, the episodes. Rita Moreno. I gotta tell you, I like the episodes more than the theme song. I don't mind the theme song, Ugh, but what? it's the episodes. Let's see like. how many times I shit on your choices. Yeah, I want to shit on the episode. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, that was my number eight. Okay. What number am I up to? What you comes are, after eight? You are up to number seven. I'm up to no good. I can't wait to shit on it completely. Oh, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many to choose from. There should be a number seven next oh. to your number seven, David. Here's my number seven. Uh-huh. My number seven. Now I got three that could be number seven. No, you should only have one number seven, David. Oh, uh, I can't read my own writing. Uh, what a surprise that is. Uh, something about a stam neckle. Stam- yeah, stam neckle. That's it. Star Trek? Oh, yes. Is, Star Trek. Is that what it is? Yes. Stam neckle. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before.
from Star Trek, originally scored under the title Where No Man Has Gone Before, is an instrumental musical piece composed by Alexander Courage for Star Trek, the science fiction television series created by Gene Roddenberry. Um, you know what's weird? What's weird? I said I would never, I never even considered you to be a Star Trek fan. You're not a sci-fi guy, I'm as you have said. I'm not a sci-fi guy, but I do like the original Star Trek. Oh, you and, do? Uh, because it's more like classical acting. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, these are classically a- trained actors who happen to be doing a space-oriented show. It's almost like, they're almost like little teleplays. Those, like, really dramatic teleplays that were uh, popular in the 50s. I like to refer to it as Jews in space. All right, Dave. Uh, because what you have is Shatner and Nimoy uh-huh. leading the Shimoy. Uh-huh. And uh, it's really just like, you know, classic good acting in a space setting. I'm with you on that. Now, the scripts are not as good as the acting. And, I mean, the, you know, the screenplay, the whole... It's not, they're better actors than the show, but the show is excellent as it is. That's my opinion. I like it. It's a nice uh, mix of Shakespeare and And, cheese. And who can't, if you don't like a theremin in your theme song, I think you got a problem. Theremin Munson. Because, exactly. Okay. Now, the theremin Mm -hmm. was used not only in Star Trek, but Mm -hmm. also... A whole lot of love by Jimmy Page. Excellent. Now some say that Jimmy Page does not know how to play that <laughs> thing. <laughs> because in the hands of a virtuoso, it could be like an opera singer's voice. Uh-huh. He uses it more like some sort of extension of his penis. Oh, all right. Okay, thank you. Ugh. Uh, all right, so your number seven was Star Trek. I'm uh, surprised by that, actually. Sam Tracker. My number seven. Are you ready? Yes. Here we come. Walk down the street. We get funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing. have nothing to say about that ah one of the original boy bands the monkeys is a monkeys the monkeys is a 1966 popular song written by tommy boyce and bobby hart as the theme song for the tv series the monkeys that's a catchy song yeah i would say that was a very very popular show and once again that song helped propel it like uh, that's very much like the the uh, that's like the friends song, mm-hmm. kind of a upbeat friends thing. Popular uh, pop music. Yes, and uh, now the monkeys was like the American Beatles, if TV producers created them. Yes. So yeah, very much some of the first boy bands. Well, not really. I mean, you have this all throughout the fifties and whatever, but. Some of the 
Yeah, that's a boy band. I guess it's a boy band. I mean, they're young. They're young men. They're not fifteen. Kind of like uh, teeny weeny uh, yellow polka dot bikini. That kind of music. Bubble. What they call that? Bubblegum rock. No, that's a novelty song. Wasn't there a whole bunch of bubblegum rock? There was bubblegum uh, song, but that I don't consider that to be a bubblegum song. What's uh, what's the song where they go? Uh, we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Oh, that's bubblegum rock. I consider that to be bubblegum. I love it's not the sea monsters. But I wouldn't say it's rock. How about uh, pop? Yeah. What was that other one? Oh, what's uh? What's the song with the weird uh, jungle stuff in the beginning of it? Jungle Boogie? No, they're like, Ooga Baka, Ooga Baka, Ooga. Ah, <laughs> what the fuck is I'm that, hooked man? On a That's a cultural appropriation right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just racist. I don't consider that to be bubblegum either. What the hell is that? Like the Starlight Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. Well, there's some Southern Rock or something. I've, I consider that to be bubblegum. Just like, just like something that a sixteen-year-old girl would like. Afternoon delight. I don't know. That's some uh, controversial uh, material there. Uh huh. Well. All right. So, are we on to something here? Uh, what happened? Yo, the monkeys. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's well, fine. Just everybody loves Davy Jones, and uh, if you don't love Davy Jones, you don't like the Brady Bunch because he was he was great on the Brady Bunch. He pretty much was great on the Braves. I mean, girl, that now that's a song. Girl, that's a they're the Bunkies. Look, they were great. They were fun. They were great. And, and Mike Nesmith. There was one for everybody. Peter Salk. Mm-hmm. Nah, Peter Salk was my kind of guy. Because <laughs> he was the drummer. No, Mickey Dolenz was the drummer. Uh, Mick, uh, Mike Nesmith. Mike Nesmith looks like the kind of guy who'd get upset if you borrowed his T-shirt and didn't return it. Uh, you know what? I think a lot of people would be upset. Hey, man, where's my T-shirt? He'd be like. You think so? Yeah, and you'd be like, oh, Mike Nesmith, you don't really need that T-shirt. You don't want it back now, believe me. Oh, Mike Nesmith, how dare you want your own things not to be moved or broken? Mike Nesmith, how did you end up with Davy Jones? That does, That's not even, how does that happen? Uh, all right. I don't know what you're... Was he on Broadway? Did he play, like, was he, like, Oliver or something? Mike Nesmith? No, Davy Jones. You mean, what do you mean? Wasn't he, like, a Broadway, like, a English actor before he was, like, a pop star or something? Oh, maybe. I'm not looking that up right oh, now. Oh, that's great. All right. This is a, this, we're just... We're just riffing, man. We're just riffing, man. But you're riffing and you're riffing into all, you know, all of a sudden this has become the, the Davy Jones story. I know how you go. All right. Well, you can just cut this part out. I'm not cutting it out, but just that's not, we're ending it here. We're ending the monkeys here. Okay. So you're number six, David. The one that you have the number six next to, what what does it say? Uh, mm-hmm. Number six. Uh-huh. There's just so many to choose from. There shouldn't be. There should just be one number six My in your number list. Number six is I Dream of Genie. Genie, fresh as a daisy, just love how she obeys me, does things. That just amazed me so 
some 60s music some classic 1960s music I Dream of Jeannie is an American fantasy sitcom television series starring Barbara Eden as a 2000 year old genie and Larry Hagman as an astronaut who becomes her master uh, the theme song the opening theme song was called Genie, and uh, it was, well, apparently there was more than uh, one theme. Richard West did the first season, Hugo Montenegro did seasons two through five, and Buddy Kay did seasons two through five. So uh, Weird. That's weird. That is really weird. I only know one, but that's fine. Right? Yes, now that is some big band 1960s shit. It swings, doesn't it? Yes, it's swinging. And it's uh, getting in on the uh, Bossa Nova craze as well. Oh, okay. Crossover there, which in my opinion, the whole... A girl from Ipanema, Bossa Nova Ah, uh, you know what? You're is, right. It has that thing to it. Now that is, that's the precursor to what then was that market that then became smooth jazz, because the Bossa thing took jazz music and smoothed it out with a beat that people could comprehend and the tempo that people could clap to or tap their foot to, and that is what smooth jazz developed into. So that's just my opinion. But yeah, bossa, the 1960s smooth bossa is the precursor to like Bob James and, and uh, Chuck Mangione and all that shit. Huh. Yeah, I could definitely hear that song. No, they're not the same in terms of Latin influence, but they serve the same sort of smooth market. Interesting. The CD 101 market, as we used to like to say back in the New York scene. Oh. I don't, I don't know what they call it now. I don't know why you liked to say we it. We like to say because if you if you talked about it, you were in great disdain. Like, oh yeah, that's some CD one hundred one shit. Oh, all right. Because you know you were jealous that you weren't. On I was going to say there's you know there's I'm sure there was we money were on there. CD one hundred two, which didn't exist. All right, all right. So your number six was it? Was I dream of genie? Yeah, song's better than the show. Oh. Good example of song being better than the show. I liked the show a lot. Yeah, it was good, but the song, you know, song is more memorable. Memorable. I liked the show. I liked the, uh, she was, she was so pretty. I Dream Virginia was kind of like bewitched. I, well, yeah, there was a whole bunch of like uh, witch shows, I guess. That was, I mean, it all comes in waves like that. There'll be one show that gets, uh, some play, and then all of a sudden, you've got more shows like that. Oh, uh, what's the one with the Mar- my favorite Martian? I mean, no, no, uh, rather the one. Uh, you got Land of the Lost, my uh, favorite no, Martian. No, the show where the the guy's uh, the ghost is haunting the house. The ghost is Nelson Riley Jr. Oh, oh, the ghost of Mrs. Muir. Yeah, those shows, that was like the bewitched kind of vibe. <laughs> Nelson Riley Jr. <laughs> Hi, 
I speak Dave. <laughs> I'm Nelson Ryder Jr. I can't believe I figured out Star Trek before. What are the four things you don't want to hear after you give Nelson Ryder Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. I'm not Nelson Ryder Jr. That's five words, but we get the point. Dave was, of course, speaking about Charles Nelson Riley, but... Uh, <laughs> Nelson, wasn't he an Iron Man, <laughs> the haunting of Iron Man? Anyway, uh, Ghost of Mrs. Muir, another great show. Uh, why did you start talking about it? Oh, just because, because that's that whole vibe of those ghostly kind of paranormal. But I Dream of Genie also was getting in on the whole space craze. That's America true was too. Captivated by NASA and the space race. That's that's all true. Uh, I'm, what's your number? Whatever we're up to. I think it's my number six. Six. Are you ready for my number six? Yeah. Oh, man, she stole my number one. <laughs> you could not tell. You could kept it to yourself. Dave, you didn't have to say. So my number six is Barney Miller. got a like, personal story about Barney Miller. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, Hal Linden came to my house. Oh, he did? And raided the fridge. He did? <laughs> yeah. I said, Hal, you might be Barney Miller, but around here, you get the fuck out the fridge. He did not say that to fucking no, Hal Linden. I was a little kid, but yes, Barney Miller opened my refrigerator. Well, maybe uh, someone told him are, to help himself. How many people over here had Barney Miller in their refrigerator? Okay. Was he friends with your dad? Was he in a play that your dad was producing? My dad would put on these big gala events. They were so gay, they were gala. Oh, you had big parties at yeah, your house? It would be a big event. Soirees? Everyone would come over, and all these rich people would come over. And raid your they'd put on these masks. And then, uh. Shut the fuck <laughs> up! No, this did not happen! <laughs> no, they didn't put on masks. They put on a hell of a show. What I mean is, they'd come over, and my dad would be putting on a production in uh, order to raise money. See, it was a Backers audition gathering. So he would have the actors in the show that he was producing with their scripts gather around the piano, and then uh, they'd do a little presentation of, of the play. And then he would have people there who were potential uh, investors. Oh, you never told me yeah. this. At one time, Hal Linden came. Uh-huh. Yep. And he was there and helping himself to something in the fridge. I see, I see. all Barney Miller-esque, and I was a little kid watching all this. That's insane that, A, you've never told me this, and B, that that's your memory, that Hal Linden went into your refrigerator. What did he bring out of the fridge? I don't know, but I saw him in the fridge. He was in the kitchen, goddammit. Your father probably I, said, go help yourself. I said, holy shit, I know that. That's Barney Miller. Even back then, I knew it was Barney Miller. This was about 1979, so he had already been. Maybe he was no longer Barney Miller or just finishing. But he was a prominent member of town. He lived in the town. Of Englewood, New Jersey? Yeah, he did. Barney Miller was on from uh, 1975 to 1982. So perhaps this was some sort of summer type play. Well, I don't know. He, but yeah, we well, see, Bar uh, Hal Lennon is a cla another classically trained actor. Mm -hmm. 
All the best shows have classically trained actors, uh, unlike now, where it's a bunch of nanny cooks. I'm sorry? Huh? Nanny cooks. You know what that is. Who? I have no idea what you're saying. Okay. Let's just pass that one by. Nanny cooks? Yes. What are nanny cooks? They're more like faggots. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. I think he's referring to the. Are you referring to all those Hallmark movies where they don't have a straight lead man? It's kind of. It's. It's really. It's, I watch a lot of Hallmark Hallmark movies, and um, it just seems to be that for the most part, I'd say eighty percent, seventy to eighty percent, the lead romantic lead in these movies is just not straight. It's I quite think it might clear. Be more than that. You think so? Yeah, more than eighty percent. That's no good. I like. I mean, I like to. I like to feel like this is a. You know, this is a real relationship I could be watching on the screen. Uh, well, it's not. Barney so, Miller. Now that is a good show. That was my bunch of good actors in that one. That was my number six. So uh, it's time for your number five. My number five. would have to be The Carol Burnett Show. Are you picking theme songs or are you just picking shows you like? Carol Burnett theme song. I'm so glad we had this time together. That's like a old school. Jocko would quote that. Jocko would quote the song. Yeah. When he was playing live. Yeah, occasionally. Quote that. He'd also quote. Uh, he'd also quote the hills are alive with the sound of music. That's interesting. Yes. Uh. Carol Burnett, of course, is a, you know, that's a top 10 comedy show of all time, for sure. Uh, the theme, Carol's theme, uh, Joe Hamilton, it says. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but yeah, that's a classic. Original episodes ran from 1967 to 1978. Yeah, it was a good show. Very hard. Come on, Harvey Corman. What the fuck? Tim Conway. Boom. Out of the park. I think the I am so glad we had this time together is not the opening theme song. It sounds like the ending theme song. It seems like it was the ending theme song. But that's the opening theme song. Oh, well, that's what I'm thinking of, though. I guess that's the ending theme song. Holy cow, we got a technicality here. I might have to substitute. I got to substitute if you want. I don't, you don't need to substitute. That's your ending song. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's got some pizzazz. All right, so it's the same song. So this is what it is. The end is the ballad because uh-huh. it's melancholy because we're leaving. Uh-huh. But the beginning is a whole new thing, and it's exciting. It's very Doc Severin and Johnny Carson. Yes, the intro on the theme of the beginning is, is the one I'm talking about. All right, there you go. That's fine. And what's your number five? Uh, my number four. Four. Five. Five. And that's when the show's actually starting. What? Nothing. <laughs> Dave, this is, an, this is a terrible episode. <laughs> Just 
want you to know. I asked you for a list. I've got one it. One through ten. No, you have 20 names on that list. I know, but there's five of more to go. Four more to go for me. My number five. Where we're moving on. Jeffersons. Oh, the Wheezy. The Jeffersons. Uh, I like the English guy. Right, we were talking about the song, though. I like the English guy because he's not on the song. This song is very, uh, this is a Good Times-esque. What came first, the Jeffersons or Good Times? Don't look it up, I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not going to look it up, but I'm not sure. Uh, the Jeffersons is an American sitcom television series that was broadcast on CBS from January 1975. I'm going to say Good Times is before the Jeffersons. To July 1985, yeah. lasting 11 seasons. Good Times was before the Jeffersons, That was the Jeffersons a, was longer. That was a real long, that's yeah. a nice chunk of time. Yeah, uh, was there a spinoff from the Jeffersons? It must have been. The English guy didn't have a spinoff. Is the English guy's wife Lenny Kravitz's mother? Yes. What a Roxy wonder. Roker. Roxy Roker. Uh, let me <clears> just, that is a good name. Uh, I just want to say that the theme music composer was Jeff Barry and... Jeanette Dubois. Jeanette Dubois, she just passed away. She played the neighbor on Good Times. Wilona. She played Wilona Woods. Woods? Yeah, you would. She was the pretty one. Boy, Woods. She oh, was boys, the, Woods. She, she was like their hot neighbor on... Uh, yes. Well... Even so. the name suggests that she's hot. Wilona. Sounds like a pair of breasts. What? <laughs> what is fucking up with you? Well, I don't know. Wilona sounds like like Will and Ramona put together. Wilona, get get over here. That's nothing to do. Why? Why? <laughs> Why do you ruin it? You know what I liked about Good Times? I don't care. We're not talking about Good Times. It's Jeffersons. Jeffersons. You know what I Jeffersons. <sighs> I liked how they race made it all the time. I liked the Jeffersons. Uh, I, I loved George Jefferson. I loved Wheezy. Uh, they had I, moved on up. 
They had moved on up. You know I know where they moved on up to? 110th Street and Park Avenue. Is that true? I think so. Well, good for them. And that, they even their, their apartment was a little too big for Manhattan. But Well, uptown it was another story. Uptown, baby, uptown. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, it's... Uh, I recently... Or I, I saw... I recently heard a version of the Jefferson's theme song from uh, Jennifer Hudson. Uh huh. I'll just tell you, that chick is just so blessed. Uh, sure. I, I can't, she, I can't even, there's just something that happens in my heart when I hear her sing. It's ridiculous. It's just amazing. There's just something about her voice, her spirit that surrounds her. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but she's got some sort of it factor that is like a magnet for me. I just adore her. I just love everything she sings. Not so much the not so much the stuff on records because it's so processed, but when she's just standing there and decides to belt something out, and holy she didn't shit. win the how did she not win the show? She did not win the show. I don't think even she she came in like third or fourth, I think. I don't know. Ridiculous. But, uh, boy, she's fucking talented. So that was my number five. So we're on to your number four. My number four? Mm-hmm. Oh, do I know? Mm. Oh, this is number four. Uh-huh. You got the fried rice and broccoli. Number four. What? Your other number four? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to have to go. My number four is Sanford and Son. Sun is an American sitcom television series that ran on the NBC television network from January 14, 1972 to March 25, 1977, based on the BBC television program Steptoe and Son. I love it. Uh, theme music composer Quincy. Quincy Jones. And the song is actually called The Street Beater. It should be called Sanford and Son. I guess it should be. Uh, well, you love Sanford and Son. You regularly come to the table and just spend the whole podcast being Grady. I love all of the characters on Sanford and Son, with the exception of Lamont. And Lamont is an ingrate. Yeah. Well, but I like Rollo and Grady. I like Grady's my favorite. And Aunt Esther. Ah, uh, Esther. Aunt Esther. Now that woman. Is a classic old school black actress. She comedian. scared me though. She's I always comedian. thought she was like I thought she was always ready to, you know, 
wind up and punch someone in the face. Well, that's what she was going for. Yeah. Well, then she she was 100% spot on. On Esther. She was, uh, yeah. She was, she was scary. Look at the set of uh, Sanford and Son. It couldn't be dirtier. It was disgusting. And you know what? Good Times, their walls were very dirty. Good Times was dingy. Yeah. The set was dingy. Yeah. Jefferson's wasn't dingy, but it was... But moving on up, it was pretty fucking bad. The Jeffersons? Yeah, I don't know. You thought their the house was dingy? I thought their house no, was... No, it wasn't dingy, but it just was I don't know. It has a very cheesy vibe to it. I mean, that's just the set, but I, I feel like... No, I felt like they lived in a very nice apartment. They had a maid, you know? Now that She had a spinoff, didn't she? Yeah. Marla Gibbs, I guess, was her name? She's the original, uh... What's her name? Jacquet? No. Oh. The, the one who uh, likes to protect lesbians. Oh, she's the original Wanda Sykes. Oh. <laughs> I just... That attitude. I see. Well, then, good for her. Uh, that was a... Sanford and Son was a really good show... I enjoyed it. Uh, I remember being little and thinking, oh, shit, he's really going to have a heart attack this time. Uh, like, it really, that, that's the thing that bothered me most. Ah. Like, oh, he can't have a heart attack. I think that's why I didn't love Aunt Esther as much, because I think she, she threw him into that a lot. And I didn't love Lamont, but I didn't, I didn't dislike him as much as you seem to. But the song is a classic. Quincy Jones, you don't get much more classic than and that. Sanford right? Son and Barney, Barney Miller are two in the same, two of the same kind, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The heavy bass. Lefty bass. Lefty bass. No, no heavy bass. Yes. No, it's just yeah, it's funk. It's a seventies funk thing. You are something else, Dave. All right, are we ready for my number four? Yeah. Temporary layoffs. Good times. Let that's me just, very gospel. Well, that's what I was going to say. Would you say that this is like a combination of funk and gospel? Yeah, that's the 70s for you. I love the combo. <laughs> They're I love on it. down the road. There you go. It's, I, I love this combo, and I love this song, and this, the lyrics are so now, awful. <laughs> this song was written by who? This is not Walona. Walona didn't have it. Uh, she didn't have anything to do with this one. Patty LaBelle? No. Good Times is an American sitcom television series that aired for six seasons on CBS from February uh, February eighth, nineteen seventy four, to August first, nineteen seventy nine. Uh, ah, so it was barely before uh, the Jeffersons. Just barely before um, theme music was by David Grusin. Ah, Al- 
Alan Bergman and Marilyn Bergman. I don't know who those Jews are, but David Grusin is a famous piano player. All right. Well, there you go. David Gr- Dave Grusin is uh, a lot like Bob James. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, I'll tell you what. I enjoy this more than I enjoy Taxi gotcha. and Hill Street Blues. I mean, uh-huh. I, I... No, I hear you. This is, to, to me, this is fucking rocking. This is just rocking. Uh, and also, though, for the, like, this, now, uh, yes, this yeah. isn't one of my favorite shows. Right. Because uh, I don't like to see all of the, I mean, shit always went wrong for those poor people. Well, that was the point. Now yeah, that, I don't like to, I don't enjoy watching people be miserable. It just don't. That's uh, why, what's his name, left the show. Uh, the only real actor on the show. The guy from... Uh, Coming to America. Roots. Well, there you are. I was going to say Roots, but yeah, okay. Um, now, uh, this is kind of like uh, Maud, the theme from Maud. John Amos, by the way. Yes. No, this is better than the theme from Maud. This yeah, is but, uh, the theme from Maud was written by Donny Hathaway. Okay, but you know what? This is my pick for number four. And it's good times. Yeah. And, uh, good time. How do you like uh, what's happening? You don't like what's happening? That was too cornball? My number four was good times. All right. You want my number three? I would love your number three, Dave. My number three is Welcome Back, Kata. Woo! Welcome back, your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Welcome Back is a popular record that was the theme song of the 1970s American television sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter, written and recorded by former Love and Spoonful frontman John Sebastian. Now that man knows how to write a song. No shit. And uh, now this, in my opinion, is very much in the vein of uh, Greenwich Village folk rock musician song. Mm-hmm. And it's much like... Uh, People, let me tell you about my best friend. That song. Which is not him. No, but it has that same love and spoonful kind of vibe. Yeah, people uh, often think that he sang that song, but he did not. Isn't that Harry Nilsson? Uh, I don't know offhand, but I will say that John Sebastian, this song for me does have a total love and spoonful vibe. It's very... Uh, this song was a number one hit, wasn't it not? It reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for one week in May of 1976. Now, he also had a number one hit with uh, Daydream, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he may have had a number one hit with Summer in the City. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's a... That man wrote some songs. Yeah. Even the song, I, you know, the song he sings in uh, the Woodstock movie, I don't know it, but it's amazing. It's about children or whatever. It's just, it was an amazing moment in the woods, and it might be one of my favorite movie, uh, one of my favorite moments in that movie. He's an interesting guy. He's one of my favorite Woodstock kind of guys. He's a singer-songwriter. Uh, he... Listen, he wrote, uh, Do You Believe in Magic, Summer in the City. Day- that must have been a number one hit. Daydream, Did You Ever Have to Make Up Your Mind, which that is a, a great song. How many number one hits? That was verging on, verging on bubblegum music, in my opinion. <laughs> you Didn't Have to Be So Nice, Darling Be Home Soon. Uh, let's see, Broadway musical composer, Woodstock appearance. He must have five number one hits. Yeah, John Sebastian, This Is a Great Song. Uh, he's in our Buzzy documentary, even if it's just briefly. Yeah. Uh, he's in it, and it's uh, he's great. He's great, still great, sounds great. This is a this is a definitely a top ten song. Which number three? Well, wait a second. I was going to say the show was also. I mean, we were right in there for the you know. Yeah, the show was controversial because they called the retard sweat hogs. <laughs> Was it controversial back then? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they're not retards. Slightly controversial. The person I like the most on the show is, uh, what's the name? Freddie Boom Boom Washington. No, the white-haired principal. Oh, Mr. Woodman. That guy was a curmudgeon. He was a curmudgeon. Got her. He almost looks like the guy, that the, the animated guy in uh, Up. You know what I like the least? Cotter's wife. Oh, really? What was her name? Julie? Yeah, I like her. Get the hell out of here. She's a poor man's Bailey from WKRP. Oh, well, you know you love Bailey, but uh, I, I liked Marcia Straussman. The one I didn't like was the girl sweat hog that came in towards the end. Yeah, as well as the guy sweat hog who looked like Ken from Ken and Barbie. Yeah. Actually, the, the, the show was, oh, they jumped the shark before jumped the that shark was even a thing. At that point, yeah. No, uh, you're 100% right. The the Epstein and his Epstein and his letters for his notes from his mom were amazing. I just th- I, you know, they weren't they weren't Epstein, retards. The Puerto they Rican were just Jew. that was fucking brilliant. They were just it was great. And Horshack, it was that first that core group of sweat hogs was great. The show was really funny. Um Those are good uh Good, uh, it was a good ensemble cast. Yeah, and Cotter was great, and I did like his wife. I liked her a lot. No, I'm just kidding. She was fine. I had no problem with her. Okay, playing. you're just being a jerk. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was, uh, uh, your number three? That show was three? like kind of low rent, but we all liked it. It wasn't, I don't think it was a, a very high uh, brow show, is what I mean. It was very, uh, cornball. Yeah. And his style of comedy is very, like, very slapsticky. Yeah, old school slapsticky kind of. He mm, seems like he was very influenced by Groucho Marx or something. He was a. It was not a, a dramedy. It it's was cool. just a full. It got out a little comedy. heavy at some point, wasn't there? Were a couple of episodes where some gang violence or someone was on pills or something. Oh, uh, they were very, very special episodes. My favorite uh, special episode was the Doobie Brothers on uh, on uh, what's happening. Okay, this was welcome back, Cotter theme song. Thank you, John Sebastian. Uh, on the Doobie Brothers, what's happening? All right, now uh, we're going to get to my number three. I just want to preface this by saying these are my favorites. I associate them with the shows. 
And so, so you're, you've you know, a few times said, oh, the song's better than the show. I associate them together. Okay. This being said, are you ready for my number three? Yeah. You know what? Don't even look. I want to see if you can even, if you even know what the show is. Okay. Stop it. That is, uh... That's Serenity? This is Veronica Mars! Is that Serenity? Oh, you're killing me. Is that Firefly? You're killing me. It's Veronica Mars. I knew you wouldn't know. That's an odd one. Veronica Mars is an American teen noir mystery drama television series created by screenwriter Rob Thomas. Not Uh, that Rob Thomas. No, not that Rob Thomas. And I even think that his Twitter account is like not that Rob Thomas. I'm not entirely sure, but... I, th- I think it's something alluding to that. The uh, this is uh, the song is "We Used to Be Friends" by the Dandy Warhols. Oh, that's a great name. <sighs> Ugh, see, why are you shitting on my? Sh- no, on I'm my just saying sh- the pick? Dandy Warhols. Yeah, so yeah, I'm the Dead Zeppelin. So maybe you are. I'm Dead Zeppelin. We play uh, Grateful Dead and Zeppelin music. So that sounds like a great mix. Don't shit on the Dandy Warhols. This song would come on, and I would fucking be... Don't shit. Hey. Yeah, don't shit on the Dandy Warhols, motherfucker. Hey, it reminds me of, like, what is this, the Wallflowers? The Dandy Wallflowers? Uh-huh, okay. Anyway, uh, I loved this show. It was one of those shows that uh, ended way too soon, and uh, I was one of those people who forked up some money for the GoFundMe or whatever uh, it was that they used. And they fucked you on it. No, they produced the movie and I was quite happy with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I like uh, the guy who plays a dad. Yes, that is, uh, his name is Eric Colantoni, Enrico Colantoni. He was also on the, go, was it Just Shoot Me? Yes, he was. He played the photographer. And more, and even better, he was the guy from uh, uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, okay. He was the lead guy. <laughs> the, uh... The, whatever the Martians, or not Martians, whatever they're called. Guy. Guy. Uh, guy, wasn't Guy, uh, what's his name? Sam Rockwell. Exactly. Yeah, that's that man a, does rock well. That is a great movie. We are talking about the Dandy Warhols, and we used to be friends. The you know, theme that, song. What, that, what you got right there. Uh-huh. Now, this and the Friends song. Uh-huh. And uh, the only two on our list so far that are not written by, like, classical, classic composers, like real, real old-school musicians. Gotcha. It's the Rembrandts and the Dandy Warhols, as opposed to you know, like the guy, studio wrote, guys. the guy who wrote Seinfeld theme song. That that he's not he's not one of these old school guys. I see. Is that your number two? No. I see. What is your number two, Dave? My number two. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Uh-huh. Let's see. We got through all of that. Dave, and you're number two. What has a number two next to it? Oh, number two. I'm going to have to say my number two mm-hmm. is I Love Lucy. Really? Yes. That song, I must have heard that song 10,000 times. I associate that song with eating dinner when I'm a kid. I feel like it was on TV around 5 or 6 o'clock. I'd be eating, hearing that song. And I could never understand where the placement of the tom-tom was. <laughs> Is that what you spent the time listening yeah, to? Yeah, it's very befuddling as a young musician. Now, that song is a great example of the uh, uh, early fusion of Latin and jazz music into big band music. Uh, rather, what should I say? Latin music into big band jazz. Interesting. You know, like Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Night Tunisia, Man Take, all that stuff. This is like a crossover. This is, this is the first wave of, uh, of Latin music uh, fusing in with jazz. Second wave is in the f- late 50s, 60s with that bossa stuff. Third wave, I don't want to talk about. Uh, theme music composer was Elliot Daniel, and Harold Adamson wrote the lyrics. Did you know there was lyrics? Uh, I think I did know there were lyrics. But, I love Lucy and she loves me. But it me. seems like I never really heard those lyrics except... No, uh, very rarely. I heard uh, of them, though. I remember, I think at one point they're in the club and she's pregnant and he sings those the lyrics to her. I like when he sings Baba Lou. Uh-huh. That's the best, Babalu. Yeah, yeah. Babalu. He does Babalu. I don't know. This is a very early uh, introduction for white kids of Latin music. Actually, it's a very influential show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But that song. Well, first of all, I Love Lucy is what the first television show ever, basically. No, uh-uh. like one of them. I mean, you got you look. Was at- the honeymoon is before or after? I believe the Honeymooners is before. Man, I loved Honeymooners. But I will say that I think, you know, you have like, uh, you had a lot of those like live shows, like the Milton Berle and the Jack All Benny. Right. Well, I hear you, but this is the first theme song that I can think of. This was, a, well, this was a sitcom that ran for a long time. The song was big. Was it big? You think yeah, the song I, was? I think this song influenced thousands of, oh, of uh, musicians. Okay, I no, I agree with that. I just don't know if you. I, I thought you meant like it was a big hit on the charts because I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, no, I don't think it was. But I think this song is is influential, and uh, I like the Flintstones theme. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is. I, I would say this is one of the top theme songs of television ever. I wanted to just take a second here and say we were doing our favorites. Is this your favorite? Are you picking favorites? Yeah, this is one of my. Yeah, this is one of the all time. Okay. Because you know what? At no point in our past twenty some odd years together have I heard you humming this song oh, to yourself. But you hate the show. I don't hate the show. Da 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 do do do. When, when I l- listen, when we were little, 
um, it was on all the time. This has a very, I'm glad we had this time together vibe to it. Okay. I like the song. I, I, I appreciate the show more than I did when I, when I was little. I could not. It was everywhere. It was on all the time. I mean, yeah. back before Fox That's was Fox, saying. it was WNYW in New York. That was the was, original syndicated show, I think. And it was Channel 5, and it would just play these black and white half-hour sitcoms all day. It would be, you know, I Love Lucy a few episodes in a row. You know what I like about I Love Lucy? They'd be in the city, and they'd also be upstate. That was until later. Those and upstate ones California. Were- yeah, that was that was earlier. They well, did, even later. They were in upstate when? I think when they were in color, they were upstate. They moved out of the city. I th- I, I don't know if they moved or if they yeah, got a summer home. Summer home. I I forget what it was. I and remember just she. So coincidentally, the Mertzes also had a summer home next to them. Look, the Mertzes had to go with I Love Lucy. Well, all they all swinging them. couples. No, no. Was that why Fred was there? No, but I'll say that uh, they loved the country life, except for that time that uh, I think Lucy was trying to, I don't know if she was trying to build the barbecue. Something happened where... You hate that show. I, I just said I, I, I appreciate it now more than I used to. <laughs> okay. But I, I still have seen every episode. Well, I, is it just that Lucy annoys you? again it was on all the time i couldn't get away from i love lucy and it was just like even if you were homesick and you were like oh boy i get to get some tv in it was fucking i love lucy the flintstones just when you thought you got rid of her she comes back as a single lady with mr mooney uh i didn't mind mr mooney so much uh i I can't remember that theme song i just you know, there's all those shows that were on Channel Five that I I I can't I can't watch them anymore because I overwatched them. I Love Lucy, Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, uh, just those those half hour sitcoms. Uh, Andy Griffith. What do you think was more popular? McHale's show? Navy. All of those. They would just play them all day on Channel Five. I have a side question for you. Okay. What's your, what's more popular? What was more popular? Partridge Family or Brady Bunch? I'm going to say the Brady Bunch was more popular. And the Partridge Family came first? I don't know. No, uh-uh. I don't believe that to be true, true at all. I, Partridge Family was great. Well, they were based on the real family. The Which ones were they? Cowsills? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that was your number two? Number two. Your number two was I Love Lucy. Yeah. Let's move on to my number two. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Oh, no. My, now you're going unconventional. My number two is the theme song from the Joel episodes of MST3K, a song written by Joel. That's insane.
Mystery Science Theater 3000, abbreviated as MST3K, is an American television comedy series created by Joel Hodgson and currently produced by Alterna-Versal Productions. The show premiered on KTMA-TV in Minneapolis, Minnesota in November of 1988. Uh, not going to lie, one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, still watch it. If you don't have Pluto TV, you should get Pluto TV. It's absolutely free. And they have not only an MST3K channel, but they also have a Rift Tracks channel. And uh, if you're someone like me, a nerdy, geeky uh, introvert. No, I don't think that's what you are. I think it is what I am. Um, and uh, you will love those channels. Um, Joel Hodgson wrote the music and the lyrics, and Josh Weinstein, who was one of the pu- uh, one of the robot puppets only in the first season, um, also helped with that. So uh, Joel Hodgson, music and lyrics. I love it. It's called the love theme from Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand, and uh, it's when I hear it. I know I'm in for a good time. Um, I, like I said, I associate the show with the song. You don't like it at all. Oh, I don't mind it. It's new. It's like a new wave kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. College rock, new wave vibe. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, it's 1988, written by uh, comedians. Those guys were all local. Comedians. I don't know if they were stand-up comedians or just comedy writers in the local Minnesota scene, the Minneapolis, <clears throat> Minnesota scene, but that's where, uh, that's where that came from. And I like it. So now we're down to your number one, but your number one was Barney Miller. Did you want to change your number one? I have a backup plan here. A backup? See, this no. is where my big list comes into play. Uh-huh. Because a couple of mine were I had to change out on the spot. Because I said them? Yeah. There's no reason why we well, can't I have lists. Change it out. No, there's Here no. Here we go. Ready? Uh, you're number one. Yeah, thank you. I said it before, I'll say it again. I couldn't have done it without you. Mm hmm. Uh. My number one. Mm hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It really could be a couple of things. Okay, number one. Well, it's gotta be uh, the odd couple theme.
which is also one of my favorite shows. The Odd Couple, formerly titled on-screen Neil Simon's The Odd Couple, is an American sitcom television series broadcast from September 24th, 1970 to March 7th, 1975 on ABC. Theme music composer was Neil Hefty. Now, let me tell you something. Neil Hefty is the man. Okay. He's written some other stuff. I think Neil Hefty wrote the Batman theme, but I could be wrong. Am I confusing him with uh, Earl Hagen? He wrote music for the Odd Couple movie and TV series and for the Batman TV exactly. series. Now, the other thing about Neil Hefty mm-hmm. is he is a serious big band arranger. Oh, He okay. wrote the song Lil Darlin'. And Lil Darlin' uh-huh. is a really great big band ballad. It's it's mega rich with arrangement. Oh, okay. And that song is sounds like it should be for a, some sort of TV show, but it, it's just a really great slow big band thing. But yeah, The Odd Couple, uh, I guess I associate the song with the show, which is, I really like the show. I, another great, two great actors. Great show. Great writing, great... The whole thing is really good. Great guest appearances. And, uh, yeah, the song swings. It's got some nice uh, phrasing, setups, big band arrangement, classic drum fills. I think it's Hal Blaine on drums. As a matter of fact, it is Hal Blaine on drums. Hal Blaine. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's just another example of classic, classic musicians doing these shows. Back in the day. This is, a good, the day. this is a great one. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. Now it's all machines and goobly-gah. Yes, goobly-gah. All right, are you ready for my number one? Yes. Take my love, take my land. Oh, my God. I don't care, I'm still free. I already, I already mentioned this one. You did already mention this one, and uh, Serenity now. It's the name of the show was Firefly. I like that show. I dug that. I'm not a sci-fi guy, but I like Mal. And I like, uh, I like uh, wind on a leaf on a wind guy. Tudyk. I Alan even like Tudyk. his wife. His uppity wife. Gina Torres. So uh, Firefly is an American space western drama television series which ran from 2002 to 2003. Oh, jeez. Uh, created <laughs> by writer and director and also, uh, you know, now it's come out that he's quite a bit of a pervert. Oh, who quite is a, it? a Me Too dude. Joss Whedon. Whedon. Uh, so, yeah, I don't like Joss Whedon. Or I his, don't like Joss Whedon. Or his politics these days, but this show and its characters... Uh, spoke to me for every episode, uh, even though there weren't that many of those. Um, Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, Alan Tudyk, Morena Baccarin. That's a rough one. That's Anara. 
uh, Adam Baldwin, my bodyguard, Jewel State, Sean Mayer, That's Summer Glau, and Ron cast. Glass from Barney Miller. Ron Glass, baby. So, uh, what this is, I I love the show. I liked the movie. I love the song. Something about you can't take this guy from me just as really gets me. Was that like a possessive woman? What? No. You can't take this guy from me. No. The sky. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yes. The sky. And uh, I just, it just, I, I get very happy when I hear it. Um, and I just, I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love All it. All right. Well, you know, it's not a bad song. It's not a bad song at all. It was written by Greg Edmondson. I don't know who that is. He sounds like some cat who's in Nashville. He, I wouldn't uh, doubt he lives in Nashville. Let me see, because you might be right. I don't know. You're good. Uh, you're a good guesser. That's my uh, guess. Greg Edmondson is a music composer for television and movies, primarily known for composing the soundtrack to the cult TV series Firefly. He's also the composer for the first three games in the Uncharted video game series and for a number of episodes of King of the Hill. And he lives in Nashville. It doesn't say where he lives. Come on down. It does say he grew up in Dallas, though. He grew up in Dallas, so he lives in Texas. He studied jazz composition at the University of North Texas College of Music. Hey, let me tell you something. Them motherfuckers don't mess around. They got a good jazz program now, them motherfuckers. He was a, guess what? He was a protege of the widely successful and well-known TV composer, Mike Post. Oh, fix so, that in post. There you go. There you go. So there's <clears throat> a little uh, six degrees there. Isn't that something? So he is of the heritage of the classic songwriter, so, uh, TV composer. Yeah. Right? He's uh, yeah. definitely... Uh, Interessante. Yeah, I love it. So, there's one song I thought you would put on here just to be uh, well, controversial. Well, I got a few that I left out. I'll tell you right now. Let me see if this one is on there. Okay. The theme to Fat Albert. No. Oh, that's okay. That's a good one. I like I thought that. You would, I thought you might put that one I on there. I dig that. Do you know what else I dig? What? All in the family. Yeah. I. I you know what? It's a good one, but it's not... Uh, it's not rocking. It doesn't give me any like I don't I don't hear it and it doesn't give me any emotion. All right. Hey. It's 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 you You're know. like a doll's eyes. A shark's eyes. Uh-huh. Dead. Uh-huh. Uh how about uh, the Jetsons? No. Which is the uh influence for the Simpsons. I don't uh, yeah, it is actually. I don't I don't No. Okay. How about uh Hawaii Five O? I like the Hawaii Five O a lot. Uh, it could, if I had a top twenty, it would probably be up on there. How about Dragnet? No, no not so much. Well, classic though. Is no. it? Yeah, but it was our favorite. It well, doesn't how about matter. Dick Van Dyke. I like Dick Van Dyke. That would have been on my top twenty. Mary Tyler Moore. You can make it if you try. Who could turn the world on with a smile? I'm surprised you didn't have that one in there. Why? I don't know. Do you hear me saying that one all the time? Doo-boo, doo-boo, doo-boo. I like the last part, right, when they go into the show. I uh, picked my top ten that were also associated to with songs uh, with shows I... I understand that I now. How about... Uh, <laughs> now? 
How about, uh, you don't like uh, Courageous Cat and Minnie Mouse? Okay. Is this, these are not shows you watch, Dave. Well, I used to watch them. Underdog. Okay. You're not, you're just, you, I, uh, well, what else? You, you're doing. Eight is enough. I don't doing, remember that song. That's a great one. There's a plate of old man wishes. Oh, God. That on the kitchen disgusting. window sill. Is that the lyric? Yes. A plate of old man wishes? Yes, I think. Oh, my God. That's gross. I could be wrong, though. That reminds me of Brian Doyle Murray shaving himself. Uh, let's go through Ranker's Top Ten. Of gray. Yeah, Ranker's Top Ten real quick. Number 10, MASH. Oh, I was going to say that, but it's kind of depressing, isn't it? Suicide is painless? Yeah, it's kind yes. of encouraging death, isn't it? It kind of is. Uh, number nine, The Pink Panther. Well, that's great. Now, that is Harry Mancini. Number eight. That's so Harry Mancini, it's Henry Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> number eight, Cheers. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a cheap one. Number Cheers is like Golden Girls. Cheers was my number 11, by I'm the way. I'm sorry, I was making it on here. Number seven, Gilligan's Island. Okay, the three-hour tour. Number and six. all the rest. I love that line, and all the rest. Well, that was only the first couple years. You got to earn your place in this theme song. Number six, Scooby-Doo. Oh, man, scooby don't. Number five. Yeah. Happy Days. Well, isn't, that just, uh, isn't that just a rock song? Number four, another one that I can't watch anymore because it was a Channel oh, 5 oh, wait, staple. Oh, wait, Happy Days was originally one of, uh, Bailey, right? What's that guy's name? Alvin Ailey? No. What's his name? I have no idea what you're talking about. Comets? Oh. Bill Bailey? Didn't he write One O'Clock Jump? I don't know. I'm no, just going through the list, Dave. We're I'm not saying st- Happy Days had their own theme song, but first it didn't have a theme song. It was just that song from the 50s. I see. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, Roth. Yeah, that's not Happy Days. Number four was one of those that was on uh, either Channel 5 or maybe even Channel 11 all the time. So I do not enjoy this one. The Addams Family. Yeah, I never dug that so much. Uh, Number three. Addams Family and the Monsters. Yeah, two of those black and white shows I just saw too many of. I I didn't enjoy them. Uh, number three, Friends. Number two, The Flintstones. All right. Yeah, another one I just saw too many times, I guess. Number one, according to Ranker.com, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. What? Yeah, I that's don't... That's retarded. I don't... Uh, I mean, that's an, a nice little novelty song. Yeah. Smell you later. Yeah, I think the kids today like it as a meme. They like to, uh, about 10 or 15 years ago, they would just, you know, they'd, you would start reading posts on a forum, and then all of a sudden it was no longer a post, and it was just the words from this theme song. So He might be the corniest rapper ever. That's all right. He's clean cut. Nothing wrong with that. Well, well I was all right, West. but I'm just saying. Very corny. I'd rather hear about, you know, the fresh the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air than, you know, some of this other shit. There's some other sh- the rap has gotten so weird. Oh, those kids today, I tell you. I don't like it. They smell like poop. They do not. No. I, I mean, that's just me. All right. Anyway, uh, so that's, this has been our episode on our top 
10 favorite theme songs, uh, television theme songs. And uh, do you have anything else to say, Dave, that's very short? We didn't have a couple of things in there. I have nothing to say. Okay, excellent. Uh, Let me just cut to the point. No. <laughs> okay, that would have been better. Um, head on over to middleagecoolkids.com if you have missed any of our episodes. Uh, they are all living there, as well as a uh, couple of links to older stuff that we've done. Okay, so that is it. And then uh, I guess we're going to end this one, all right? Okay. Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, take care of yourselves out there. Um, we appreciate you. And uh, we will see you next time, America. Take it easy. Bye-bye.